Well, today on the programme, I'm joined by Frank Turek. He's a Christian apologist, speaker and radio host and author of books including I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist and Stealing from God. He was on the show uh, a few months ago talking to David Smalley. He was the atheist guest then. Today, it's Alex O'Connor returning. He's the atheist YouTube channel Cosmic Skeptic. It has over 100,000 subscribers. He's appeared on the show a couple of months ago to debate the fine-tuning of the universe. Uh, Well, today I've got Frank and Alex joining me in studio. Uh, Frank has been in the UK doing some speaking dates. Uh, You can find out more about him at his website, crossexamined.org. And uh, Alex, as I say, Cosmic Skeptic is the YouTube channel he runs. Back to debate with Frank today uh, because Alex released a video a while back critiquing a YouTube video by Frank. Now, uh, Alex's video is titled Uh, Sorry, Frank's video is titled, It May Just Be That Evil Disproves Atheism. Well, uh, Alex had a critique to make of that, and we're going to be hearing what Alex's response is. And that's really the subject of our discussion today. Does evil prove that God exists? That's the claim, in a sense, that Frank Turek makes in this video, uh, something we've discussed before, but I think we're going to be doing it from some unique angles today. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. So Alex and Frank, welcome along to the programme. Great Thank to you have for having you. me again. Yeah, wonderful being here in person, Justin. Well, it's lovely to have you in person, Frank. We've had you uh, on the Skype a little while back earlier in the year um, talking about your new book, Stealing from God, and as I say, in debate with David Smalley. Um, and it's, so it's lovely to actually have you in person. When I heard you were coming to the UK, I wanted to make sure we could, we could connect. Well, thanks for having me on. And, you know, well, I just had you on my program for your new book. Yes, indeed. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm flogging it far and wide. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's and a wonderful a, book, Justin. Really I won't is. let you leave without a copy as well, by Indeed. the way, yeah. Alex. So, um, but yeah, thank you. Um, well, we're, it's uh, very glad that you were able to endorse it as well, uh, Frank. But but you're here to talk about yourself, really, today, and, and your ministry, and obviously some of the videos and books that you've written yourself. Um, how long have you been kind of involved in in the sort of apologetics ministry you've established? Well, we established a ministry in 2006, but I went to seminary from 1993. On, I was on the Moses plan. It took me 80 years to get through, but you know, uh, we st- I'd been speaking for quite a while prior to 2006, but we started in 2006 with crossexamine.org primarily to go to college campuses because, as you know, the college campus is a breeding ground for skepticism and agnosticism and atheism. So we wanted to go there and present evidence as to why Christianity was true from our book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And some of the most popular videos, actually, that, that go go on YouTube that you produce are actually some of your interactions with right. some of the students on these campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's people like to hear the kind of the to and fro in a way. Right. Uh, and, and you're very good, actually, at, at thinking on the spot and, and responding in those situations. Well, actually, you don't have to do much thinking because you hear the same 20 questions over sure. and over again. <laughs> okay. you know, I mean, there are the, the standard objections, which are good objections. In fact, the evil is a good objection that Alex brought up. So it's it's good to try and unpack these things in more than two minutes, which is why I appreciate this show so much, Justin, because, look, I can do a two minute video. Alex can do a two minute video. And you're really not going to you're really not going to cover the topic adequately. But when you have a program like this, you can really interact on it. Well, it's a pleasure to have you with me, Frank. Um, and again, uh, the, the most recent book that you've, you've authored is Stealing from God. Do you just want to quickly give us an encapsulation of, of what you can find in that? Sure. The book Stealing from God, the subtitle is Why Atheists Need God to Make Their Case. The book's not about tithing Christians. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's not what it's about. Uh, but I've noticed, it seems to me, that atheists are stealing aspects of reality 
uh, that would only exist if God existed in order to say he doesn't exist. And we have an acronym in the book, CRIME, C-R-I-M-E-S, and each of the letters stands for a different aspect of reality that I think atheists are stealing from God to say he doesn't exist. One of them, the E in there is evil, and that's what we'll talk about today. I think, as we'll see, that evil actually shows God does exist rather than he doesn't exist. Mm, Okay. Well, we'll obviously be digging into that in the course of today's show. Lovely to have you back, Alex. Lovely to be here. And I'm uh, I'm in awe because you're actually... Um, and I don't know how you get away with it, really, but you're, you're midway through your exams at the moment, and yet you've made time to come in and record a, a discussion. Uh, Indeed, and, yeah. and these are, of course, uh, A-level a exams as well. You're, yes. you're a relatively young person, but uh, wise beyond your years, I think. You, you did a fantastic job uh, last time you came in debating <laughs> the, the fine-tuning argument, so I thought this would be fun to have you back in. Um, so, first of all, exams going okay They're Ish. They're going as yeah. well as they could be. Uh, <laughs> guess you'll find exams that. are going fine because I, I was pretty much familiar with most of the subject matter already so I could kind of get away with not revising for that one well um, that's 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 good um, obviously I guess you interact with philosophical ideas quite regularly on your videos anyway I do um, try so, so it's um, it's a good way of getting into it um, and the, the the cosmic skeptic channel as I mentioned last time only been going about a year but already you've over a hundred thousand subscribers uh, that's right what's the secret to your success like I said last time, if I knew, I would do it again. <laughs> they're, they're all fantastic. Every, every one of my um, subscribers, at least the ones that I interact with, are uh, incredible. They're, yeah. they're very willing to consider uh, different ideas. And I get messages from people of all faiths saying mm-hmm. that they're grateful for a voice that isn't just um, isn't just castrating religious right. people, yeah. um, but is, is going in there for a discussion, not to defend yeah. a worldview, but to... Well, uh, I was really encouraged, actually, when we had the discussion last time here in the studio, that, that you were very... You, you reached out to atheists and said, we need to have these discussions. We can't just, you know, poo-poo and dismiss religion um, and the claims. We, we need to engage in an honest conversation, which is certainly what this programme mm. is about. Well, I mean, humour and, and ridicule has its place. Mm. But uh, if you want to make a change, then mm. you have to take things seriously, I think. Well, um, thank you very much for coming back on the programme today. And part of the reason I asked you, of course, is because you regularly respond to other online videos that are out there. Uh, and, of course, one of the ones that you've responded to is one of Frank's videos. Um, and as I say, that video was titled, It May Just Be the Evil Disproves Atheism. Um, so we're going to get into that um, in the course of today's programme and why you disagree with Frank. There's a number of issues that you develop from the video. We won't play the audio of the video this time. Rather, we'll let you explain for yourself. But some of the things that we're going to try and tackle is at the outset, you say you can't disprove atheism. It's not a belief system. We're going to be talking about objective morality. Why would it be grounded in the Christian God, not something else? Um, you also talk about the evolutionary or social adaptation type of view of how morality came to be. And another issues. We'll see how much time we have in the course of the discussion. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, let's maybe start with you, Frank, mm-hmm. just to lay out, you know, briefly at least, what the case is that you're making on the, the video that Alex was responding to. Right. It's a two minute video. And I say in the, in the front, you can't cover this whole issue in two minutes. But my main point is this, is that if evil exists then good must exist. And in order for good to exist, God must exist, because by definition, what we mean by good is the nature of God. That's what goodness is. So you can't have evil unless good exists, because evil is a privation or a lack in good. Evil is Mm -hmm. like rust in a car. You know, if you take all the rust out of the car, you've got a better car. If you take all the car out of the rust, you've got nothing. In other words, evil only exists as as a parasite in good. Mm. And so I think we all agree evil exists. The question is, if evil exists, then 
how can it exist unless there's a standard of good and good won't exist unless God exists. So evil doesn't disprove God. Evil may prove there's a devil out there, but evil doesn't disprove God because there'd be no such thing as evil unless there was good and there'd be no such thing as good unless God existed. Now, the second question there, of course, is, okay, well, if there is a good God, why would he allow these evil things to occur? That's mm. another question, right. which we spend a lot of time in, in the book, Stealing from yeah. God. But my main point is is that it, if, if evil exists, God exists. I know it sounds counterintuitive. It does sound counterintuitive yeah. to the average person. They'll mm-hmm. say, how, how do you get from one to the other? But but as I understand it, this is a, uh, if you like, this is the idea of what's often called the the the, the moral argument for yes. God. That you, mm-hmm. uh, if we all agree that real right and wrong exist, real good and evil exist, mm. then there has to be some kind of a moral lawgiver or some kind of reference frame that beyond just the material universe right. that, that a naturalist perhaps believes. In, in fact, C.S. Lewis famously said that as an atheist, my argument against God was that the universe seems so cruel and unjust. But how would I, how would I got this idea of justice and injustice? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? You see, injustice can't exist unless justice exists, and mm. justice can't exist unless God exists, because again, by definition, that's what we mean by justice. And, and so it's your view that if an atheist wants to claim that justice and injustice exist, well, they can't really, because that's just, on their framework, an illusion, a, a kind of, just a sort of, uh, something that we've come up with as a, a right. sort of helpful way of thinking about things, but not something that actually exists objectively. Right, typically, and I think that's what Alex said in his video, that it's an illusion, that these idea, this idea that we have these moral, objective moral values is, is illusory. Well, let's come to Alex for this, um, and we'll we'll try and sort of take the points that you raised in the video um, in a kind of sequential manner uh, as far as possible, Alex. But um, I mean, let's start at the beginning because in the video, um, the first point you wanted to make was that the, the there is this question mark around disproving atheism. That's obviously the title of the video. It may just be that evil disproves atheism. You you have a problem with that very concept to start with, don't you? To an extent, yeah. It's it's not particularly pertinent to the discussion, but I think it's important to um, remember that that according to me, atheism isn't a worldview. And I know this is something you disagree with, Frank. But um, the the way that people get around this a lot of the time is they'll say, well. Many atheists do believe that there is no God, but not all atheists do. So if you meet a person who does believe there is no God, they are an atheist. Mm-hmm. But that's not what atheism is. That's sort of a subset of atheism. I'm what you might call an agnostic atheist. And a lot of people think that agnosticism and atheism are on the sort of same spectrum. But to me, they're absolutely not. Agnosticism, uh, Matt, Matt Dillahunty is good on this. Agnosticism is a claim to knowledge. Uh, atheism is a claim to belief. So to say you're agnostic is to say... Well, I don't know if there's a God, which I think is the rational position to take. I mean, can anybody really know for sure? Mm. And all I'm saying is because I don't know agnosticism, I therefore don't believe, and that's atheism. But there are people out there who do actively believe there's no God, and those Mm. people do have a burden of proof. I mean, Mm. people such as... um, He only did it on one occasion that I've seen, but Christopher Hitchens um, usually would say, you know, we would never say there is no God. But when talking to William Lane Craig, he said um, of the Christian God that he is quite dangerously I think but he said um, that he's in a position where he thinks he can actively say that God does not exist Mm, mm, Um, and in that case yes he has a burden of proof mm, but as far as I'm concerned atheists in general or atheism um, isn't a worldview and doesn't it isn't something you can therefore disprove in that sense yeah in the sense Mm -hmm. and also atheism one of the phrases that I've heard you use Frank is um, uh, on atheism if atheism is true but to me, atheism isn't something that can necessarily be true or false any more than, uh, say, veganism. You know, is veganism true? 
it's not really a case of whether it's true or false. It's a case of um, the tenets on which you are uh, you are grounding this veganism um, is perhaps maybe you think it's wrong to eat animals. That can be true or false. Mm-hmm. But not objectively, I'd say. But <laughs> that can be true or false. But then to say, is veganism itself true or false? Uh-huh. That doesn't make any sense. It's not whether it's true or false. It's are you a vegan okay. or are you not? Okay. Frank? Yeah, well, I, I would say that if... Are you saying that atheism is just a lack of belief in God? Because it is for me, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, but well, then that would be just a statement about your psychological state. Yes. It, it wouldn't be a statement about the real world. Well, because no. this this book is an atheist then because it lacks mm. a belief in God. But then we're really trivializing what the word atheist means then. Yes. Because you could say any of this microphone's an atheist then if it just lacks a belief in God. So if somebody wants to say that, okay, fine. But I don't see atheists just saying that. What I see is atheists saying, oh, I lack a belief in God. And here's how I explain the universe. Multiple mm. universes, evolution, quantum vacuums, materialism. Well, those are positive beliefs that need to be defended. In other words, you just can't say, uh, I lack a belief in God and therefore I have no burden of proof to have a conversation about why reality is the way it is. Mm. No, if you're going to say that multiple universes or evolution or materialism or quantum vacuums explain how we got here, then it would seem to me you'd need reasons for those. Those are positive beliefs. You see what I mean? Oh, absolutely. In certain cases, um, for instance, if you're talking about the variety of life um, and somebody says to me that uh, they think it was God, and I said, oh, no, I can explain this for evolution. Mm. I suddenly have a burden of proof. I, I have to uh, right. offer some evidence for that. Right, right. Um, but atheism in general, if you're just an atheist and you're not taking part in debate, um, I think you don't necessarily have to justify what, what your What do you do with the, the problem way. that that makes cats and rocks and microphones atheists as well? Well, it depends on your definition. For instance, if we define a vegan as someone who doesn't eat meat, then this book is also a vegan. Right. Yes, but that isn't that the point that 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 makes it difficult to understand what what the content is. Of I don't such think it a, makes it difficult to understand. Point, point I think I think um, it it it's something which applies to humans. You can call a human an atheist if you want to call a book an atheist. Then then be my guest because by by my definition, an atheist is someone um, who does not believe in God. Mm. And so a book, sure, call it an atheist but if then, you will. But then we wouldn't have any any reason to converse about anything. If you're just saying you lack a belief in God and I don't have any burden of proof to explain reality or why reality is the way it is, then we're not really having a conversation, right? Well, there's two types of um, atheist uh, speakers, you might say. Uh The first is people who will have a burden of proof, who come out and there are two uh, people trying to prove their opposing worldviews against each other. In the other case, there's somebody like me who, um, in in the face of certain aspects of Christianity I've found to be uh, uh, not particularly uh, compelling or particularly... I, I'm trying not to use moral terms here, uh, to be very careful. But, um, and so what I will do, my, my mission isn't... He's very smart. My, oh, yeah. my mission is not to come out and convert everyone to atheism. It's rather to say, well, here's a, here's a belief system that I don't agree with, and here's why. I'm not. I'm then leaving it open. Perhaps um, if I'm debating with a Christian, I might say, "Well, this is why I think Christianity isn't true." Now, go and do your own thing. Maybe you want to be a Muslim. Maybe you want to be an atheist like me. All right. Let me ask you this though. Let's just say that um, you say you think Christianity is false because of X, whatever that is, right? Sure. Aren't you implying that non-X then is true? Not necessarily. Um, again. It's a, it's a very subtle distinction between believing there is no God and not believing there is a God. It sounds like the same thing. It sounds like we're being pedantic. But really, in, in all honesty, it is um, a semantic thing. It doesn't particularly matter because, for instance, what we're discussing today, um, the idea of evil 
uh, proving or disproving God. Um, I don't I don't think it particularly matters how you're defining atheism or Christianity, because what we're trying to talk about is a particular concept. And so for this discussion, um, I might just be a skeptic, not necessarily an atheist, but I might just be somebody who's who you are trying to present a worldview to. And I'm just saying, well, um, let me uh, let me criticize that and, and see if I can get um, I mean, some kind of response. When, when I've had this conversation on Twitter and on this show with people, sometimes what's emerged is that they will say, you know, they'll go with the atheism is just a lack of belief in God view. Mm. But then when you press them a bit, they will come out with other things that they do have positive mm. beliefs about so that there is no such thing as objective moral right or wrong. Right. Um, the universe has no purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, the univ- the, the, all that exists is matter and motion, ultimately, mm. and those kinds of things. So do, do you subscribe to, in that sense to something like, for instance, materialism, naturalism, and well, so on? Well, for me, it's a case-by-case basis. Okay. So I wouldn't call myself a naturalist. I wouldn't call myself a materialist because all of a sudden you, you're giving yourself a burden of proof. What, I, are, what yeah. I would say is if you pressed me to put some money, I'm not a gambling man, but mm. if, you, if I had to put some money on either um, is, uh, say Christianity yeah. or naturalism, a better explanation for the universe. I put my money on naturalism. Okay. And so when I have discussions like this, um, I will argue in that mindset. Yeah. But I'm not going to but say... But you're still agnostic effectively as to what exactly... As, if the... you're talking about a claim to knowledge, absolutely. I would mm. never be so arrogant as to say that I know um, that there is no God. Or I, I would never say that I know that there is someone up there. And I know who he is. I know his gen. Mm. I know his nature. And I know what his plan is and what he wants for me. Yeah. Well, I think we're dealing in the burden. Uh, we're, we're dealing more with probability than we are with absolute certainty. And you remember Richard Dawkins famously said this on a scale of one to seven, where yes. one is I'm sure God exists, to seven I'm sure there isn't a God. He said I'm a six and a half. Mm. To his credit, he says, look, I can't say with absolute yeah. certainty there is no God. Okay, yes. So we're all dealing in the realm of probability. So where would you be on that scale? Uh, I'm in the same place as Dawkins. I'm a number six. I'm a, he, he calls it a de facto atheist, which I think is the perfect term. For you, all intents you, and purposes. You assume there is no God for all intents and purposes. For all intents and purposes. Yeah. What I would say is rather than I assume there is no mm. God, rather I think that everything seems to work without the assumption that a God is there. But right. wouldn't an agnostic be about a 3.5? Uh, agnosticism, again, is, is a claim to uh, knowledge rather than to belief. So agnosticism, uh, to me, if you don't call yourself an agnostic, then I, I, I can't quite understand what knowledge you have that I don't. I mean, I don't know if you're the sort of person to say, um, I know there is a God. Again, it's, it's the realm of probability. Am I sure. absolutely certain? No, I'm, well, they, see, I'm not even go, absolutely see, I... certain that I exist. You know, I mean, I guess I have to exist to say exactly. it. But <laughs> I mean, we could be, you know, the famous, uh, famous thought experiment. We could... The universe could, could have been created five minutes ago. We're, sure. we're an experiment in a mm. scientist's mm. laboratory, and you know we just have all these memories. Well, you've got people like Elon Musk who do think that we're some kind <laughs> of <laughs> yes, artificial yes. intelligence. Yeah, a discussion created. for another time. But, yeah. right. What I would say, though, is um, I like to categorize it. And, of course, this is, again, semantics. It's just my way of uh, categorizing right. the world. What I would say is if you think of four boxes, like a table, mm-hmm. across the top you have uh, theism and atheism. And on the side, you have Gnosticism and, and agnosticism. You say you're not 100% sure that there is no God. So I put you in the agnostic box. Then I put you across on the theism box because you believe there is a God. And that's mm-hmm. where you sit. You're an agnostic theist, as far as I'm concerned. Now, you can reject that label because you yeah. might have a... I know that the word agnostic carries weight. So I you think, might I, I think not maybe like we that. ought to stop talking about yeah. labels and start talking about evidence. Absolutely. Well, well right, maybe. So yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, move, let's move it on. It's been a fascinating discussion so far, talking about the, the definitions of atheism and, mm-hmm. and agnostics and so on. 
But um, yeah, we should get into the the meat of the subject today, um, which is the question of whether evil is evidence actually that God exists counterintuitively. That's the claim in uh, that that you sort of sketched out for us earlier on, Frank. So um, let's move on to sort of the second issue that you bring up in your response video, Alex, which is. Um, well, even if objective morality does exist, why would it be grounded in the Christian God and not something else? Do you want to just explain that out a bit, and sure. we'll see what Frank has well, to again, say? Well, this, again, this isn't um, what this is one of the parts of the video that I'm not really making an actual claim, but rather I, I'm a genuine question. Um, add, add more more out of interest than anything is is how do you arrive at the uh, the Christian God? Although I would say that um, I might assume that your answer might be something along the lines of, well, this argument just proves a God and then other arguments prove the Christian God. And that is fine by me. Mm -hmm. um, but I wonder, do you think um, you, if you say no to this, this doesn't disprove your position in any shape, in any way, shape or form. But do you think that uh, for objective morality, it must be the Christian God? No, it could be another God, right? Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's what I was going to say, that there are other arguments. You don't get all the way to the Christian God with the moral argument. Sure. But with other arguments, I think, uh, in my opinion anyway, you arrive at the grounding for morality as God, and that God happens to be the Christian if, God. Let me put it the other way, I guess, to you, Alex. If objective morality did exist, mm. would it at the very least disprove atheism, which is actually what the, the title of the video is? Well, this is a, this is a, a tricky thing because... Or, or naturalism, let's say. Okay, sure. Well, um, that, then, the, so we don't do that same perhaps, <laughs> discussion. Perhaps. Okay. It would be, it would be um, compelling. I, I would see it as a compelling argument. If you could prove to me that objective morality did exist, um, I would certainly consider it a good argument it, it for would, some kind of Because standard. naturalism would not be able to explain that phenomenon. Sure. I mean... Perhaps it would, and we just don't have an understanding. Right. But I, I would submit that, yes, we do not have, in our current understanding, any way. Um, Sam Harris has tried mm. the moral landscape. Yes. What I found is that I, I, I don't quite understand what he what he's getting at, because right. he says um, he wants to prove objective morality using science. Mm. But what he does is he proves uh, that, objectively speaking, certain moral guidance leads to uh, prosperous societies. But then that's assuming that prosperous societies is a good yes. thing. It's, it, he, he makes the ought is fallacy, in my, mm -hmm. my opinion. He, he assumes that what is, what science describes, is something we ought yes, to be he, heading for. And of course, that begs the whole question of his project. Sure. I, um, I, I think he's but, a brilliant thinker. But on this issue, I just I cannot uh, bring right. myself to agree okay. with him. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I mean, I think we've we more or less covered that, that issue, because obviously you're not saying this is uh, a, a wholesale argument for the Christian no. God, just part of a cumulative argument. Right, exactly. And that point right. in the video is more for people who um, were watching, perhaps, yeah. who uh, were thinking along those lines. Sure. Well, look, that's a good point at which for us to take a quick break. And, and I think it's time to, to grab the bull by the horns, Frank, and just, mm -hmm. again, reiterate why you believe, first of all, that morality does have this objective nature mm -hmm. to it, so that there is a real mm -hmm. realm of moral right and wrong, good and evil, because fundamentally you're saying if if evil does exist, as much as that may be a problem for why a loving God would allow evil, nonetheless, it's it's a signpost that something beyond the material world uh, has, to, has to exist to, to allow this realm of good and evil In to fact, exist. I think Alex recognizes that signpost because on his website, he rails, I think rightfully, against some of the abuses of the Roman Catholic Church, where he talks about how priests have sexually abused children. And obviously, that's a great wrong. Mm. But my question is, Alex, if you really think that is a great wrong, why would you deny objective morality? I mean, is that really wrong or is it just a matter of personal opinion? Well, uh, I think that we agree in, in one sense that uh, evil doesn't necessarily disprove God. I, I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. um, what I would say is, is 
to answer your question, um, objectively, no. It, it is a subjective thing. Morality, to me, um, is, is entirely subjective. Why do you say that? Well, because, um, firstly, uh, a, a thing to note is that um, objective morality... Well, let's let's talk about what objective actually means, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, objectivity, to me, if, if, if you want my definition, would be to say um, that it is true regardless of human intervention, regardless of human consciousness. For instance, mm-hmm. the Earth orbits the sun. That would be true if all humans disappeared, right. every single one of them. It mm-hmm. would still be an objective fact. Mm-hmm. But to say that murder is wrong, mm-hmm. if every human disappeared, mm-hmm. that couldn't still be wrong, surely. That wouldn't that would be a nonsense concept mm-hmm. without some kind of human psychology. The only way that you could argue that perhaps it would still be wrong is if there was some kind of uh, transcendent being. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you need to have that being in order to prove the existence of the objective morality that, that you're then using to prove the, the God. So, but What we're doing is we're reasoning from effect to cause, that we have this effect known as this moral law that is press, pressing on us. And as you admitted in the video, and look, videos, two-minute videos, <laughs> 10-minute videos, you can't expound mm, on all yeah. the nuances. So if, if this is wrong, correct me. But you seem to say that we, in fact, I think you quoted, the, the, the quote was, let me, let me just quote you accurately on this, because in the video, you said this, you said, uh, you said, moral truths are so deeply ingrained in, in us that they feel like they are objective. Yes. Right? Okay. So, my question is, why would you doubt their objective if they're so in deeply ingrained in us? Well, because um, this is where I think Sam Harris is right, mm-hmm. in the sense that um, if you have certain assumptions, so let's say that we could assume that uh, human well-being was a good thing. We'll, we'll discuss why uh, shortly, but mm-hmm. let's say we assume that. We could then say that it is, it is objectively true um, that we should act in certain ways, for instance, trying not to murder people. Mm-hmm. And that would then become an objective morality. Right. So because evolution has instilled within us, um, through, our, through genetics, a, 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 a drive to stay alive, um, then we can derive objective moral truths about how we should act in order um, that complies with this inner nature, which I think has come about through evolution. So even if, you're, even if you don't subscribe to the idea that uh, certain moral actions such as not killing um, or not stealing have come about through evolution, uh, the instinctual nature within us to stay alive causes us to think of those as objective truths um, but it's a technicality so to for all intents and purposes you could say they're objective truths if you grab a hundred people off the street and ask them is rape wrong a hundred of them will say mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's objective I mean for instance I, I, I put it to you uh, do, would you say that chocolate is tasty mm-hmm. yeah I would but that's a subjective right yeah, sure. some people may not like chocolate it's subjective yeah yeah, yeah that, oh so so yeah. that's tar, a flavor so yeah tar can be yeah, just as yeah. as tasty as chocolate mm-hmm. but and that that's no problem right. right that's that's no problem whatsoever so when you say something along mm-hmm. the lines of um oh so morality's subjective so mm-hmm. so uh what hitler did uh being wrong was just an opinion mm-hmm. well yes but in the same sense that um chocolate tasting as good as tar is an opinion. See, I, I, I think it, when, it, when it we doesn't do, make a difference. Well, no, I, I think it does because uh, it's much more obvious that, say, sexually abusing children is wrong than atheism is true. Right. So why would you say that atheism is true in order to avoid the obvious conclusion that sexually abusing children is wrong. You already know sexually abusing children is wrong. Now, if you want to use an evolutionary argument, the problem is is that undercuts everything you think. 
Because if everything we think is the product of evolution, the product of the laws of physics or biology, mm -hmm. whatever it is, then why should we believe anything we think? Forget about morality for a second. Why should we even believe that atheism is true or that Christianity is true? If we're completely, if we're, I'm sorry, I'm suffering from jet lag here. <laughs> if, if, if our thoughts are the result of some random evolutionary process, why should we believe anything we think is true? Well, the first thing is that um, evolution isn't, isn't a random process. Um, but that aside, uh, it's well. What... Let, let, me, let me put it this way: it's either it's either directed by an outside intelligence or it's not. Sure. Okay. I'll give if you it's that. not directed by an outside intelligence, then it's random. Yes. So, so if it's directed by intelligence, then perhaps God exists. If it's not sure. directed by intelligence, why should we believe anything we think? Because I mean, this is the the old um, argument. Uh, from against naturalism that, mm -hmm. that people like C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, mm -hmm. and indeed um, modern practitioners like Plantinga have put forward, which, as I understand it, is is effectively saying if if evolution, if effectively it's meant for the propagation of our DNA, mm -hmm. it's not it's not aimed at us receiving true beliefs. It's not aimed at us actually. It's not aimed at reasoning. No, and well, and ultimately you could even go as far as to say that the the actual processes of matter in motion atoms banging into each other, electrochemical processes, those are those are non-rational. Why would we assume that they produce rational thinking? Because ultimately, I mean, and, and your argument here, I guess, Frank, is it, it undercuts the whole mm. project. It's this of, idea, of it, it's almost sort of existential. You know, why should we believe anything mm. if there's no if there's no guidance? Um, to me, it's like asking the question, like you said earlier about, you know, how do we know that uh, we're, we even exist or that the universe wasn't created last Thursday? Mm. Um, for me, it, it's, it's somewhat based on consensus. It doesn't prove it's true. Um, but reason is one of those things that we need to assume in order to get anywhere. In the mm. same sense, we need to assume that we exist in order to have a philosophical discussion. No, that's a very wise point. I agree with you. The question is, how do we explain reason on a naturalistic worldview? Well, reason and consciousness can be explained as coming about through evolution. Our the way in which we sense but, the world. But let's let's stop there for just a second, though, Alex. If that's the case, why should we trust it? Oh, well, we don't necessarily have to. Again, it's it's a subjective thing. But every single person. But it, but but that would mean reason's subjective. Yes. It, well, it is. Well, if reason is subjective, then if reason's not subjective, then how do you and I come to different conclusions using both using reason? Because we have free will. We. If reason's subjective, we couldn't even communicate. If there weren't these objective, unchanging laws of logic... Uh, well, yes, there are, there are objective um, rules and tenets of reason, but reason itself is subjective in the same way that morality, you can say, under certain assumptions, there are objective truths about morality. I, if you have a certain assumption about, uh, rash, uh, about reason, then yes, there are objective uh, tenets. Well, well that's reason. what I mean. These, these immaterial laws of logic that aren't made of molecules, how do we explain those on an naturalistic worldview. How do you mean? How do we explain? Why are there laws of logic? Why are there well, laws of mathematics? They're, they're a product of consciousness. And laws of mathematics are, are, are not uh, a thing in themselves, but rather a way to explain the universe. So the laws of mathematics would not exist without human beings. So they are subjective. But the things that they describe would. Oh, no, hold, hold on. So when you talk about logic, when you talk about reason, these things aren't ends. They're means. They're means to understanding certain things. So we use reason to understand that the Earth goes around the sun. We use the laws of maths to understand right. how that happens. But you just said the laws of mathematics are human conceptions, basically. Yes, it's a language. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say there were no human beings on the Earth and there sure. were just two rocks on the Earth. Was it true there were two, just two rocks on the Earth? Well, it depends what you mean by two. 
I mean, sure, like you, if if in the, in the, in the things, everyday sense of the word, this is where this is where things get confusing. Because, for instance, you, I suppose what you're asking is something similar to the question of does two plus two still equal four if there are no humans? Mm-hmm. And to me, um, the case the case is you have to think about what you're describing when you say two plus two. So, for instance, if you're saying if there were two rocks and you added two more rocks, mm-hmm. would there be four rocks? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But to say that two plus two equals four is like um, is a is a good way to bring in the the idea that mathematics is a language because uh, in the same way that I can say... But it's not an arbitrary language. Well, it is. In fact, language itself is based on mathematics and that's not arbitrary. I'd I'd say it's absolutely arbitrary. Um, Math is arbitrary? No, math isn't, but the language we use to describe it is. It evolves and changes. Well, Uh, yes, but they're they're, uh, referencing objective facts. If we want to call this one book... Mm -hmm. It, there is only one book here. Yes. Okay, that's an objective fact. If we wanted to call it uh, Eins, like in Deutsch, that this is one book, okay, that's a different word, but mm-hmm. it's representing the same objective fact. And if if we're going to say that reasoning is objective, then there's no way we can come to any conclusions about anything. There are different ways, even within the laws of mathematics. Oh, so did I say objective or subjective? I, 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 I don't recall if, that. If we're going <laughs> to say, yeah. say reason is subjective, then okay. there's no way we can come to any conclusions even, about anything, but that's self-defeating because when I say that... I'm making a truth claim that if reason is subjective, then we can't come to any right. true conclusions about anything. That actually is a an objective truth claim. Well, I, w- I would say that even with something as objective as maths, mm-hmm. there are subjective ways in which to understand it, the language we use, even though it seems that it wouldn't be the case. For instance, if you want to find uh, the, the, the roots of a quadratic equation, you can do it by using the quadratic formula. You can u- do it by expanding the brackets, and you get to the same answer. But, but the reason you're using to get there is subjective. So the answer is, is a fact of nature. It's true. That would still be the answer, even if you didn't exist but the language we used to get there okay, and the but, reason that we used to get there wouldn't yeah but that's no the reason is objective but the the there's different levels here you have ontology which is the study of being sure okay you have epistemology that's how we know we the know. study of being then you might have semantics which is how you describe mm. the epistemology to get to the ontology sure this can be arbitrary but it's still tethered to objective facts it's a it, it's it's ultimately uh, tether to an objective ontology. So what are the tenets of objective reason to you? Well, start with the basic laws of logic that they're... For uh, instance... The, the law well, of the excluded middle, yeah, things like that. Law the, of non-contradiction, law of excluded middle, uh, law of uh, inference, um, law of identity. Those are the essentials of the laws of logic. And you start with those, and then you use your sense perceptions to draw conclusions about the real world mm. using those tools, those objective laws well, of exactly. logic. They are their tools. And this this is the thing that I see when we're, when we're talking about uh, whether reason exists. Reason is a method. Um, and so it, it almost... It helps us in epistemology, but mm. if they weren't tethered ontologically, if, if, if they weren't tethered to reality, there'd be no way we could know anything about reality. I mean, you're, you're making the claim that th- this realm exists, that we... we called the laws of logic sure. and so on and and that it's it's a, it really is something that we discover in that mm-hmm. sense it, yes. it's an it's an element of the 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 reality we live we in. don't it's determine them we discover them exactly yeah. it's, whereas you're making the case obviously Re- Alex, yeah, that, that we, is not something we, we pr- produce it's it's something we invent because it helps us yeah, to but you reproduce. see that's an objective truth claim right there that's see that's why it's self-defeating alex is saying it's objectively true that reason is subjective and, and the, the same applies to the moral argument as mm-hmm. well, which is you're saying there's this realm of real right and wrong, good and evil. And you're saying, no, these are just concepts we, we invent. We yes. don't discover them, but we invent them. And I know many 
people whose part of whose journey to belief in God has been based on the fact that they came to the view that there really is a, a realm of right and wrong that I discover. I no longer believe that it's all subjective. That, and and obviously others who take your view as well, mm. Alex. I mean, fundamentally, is that where we do we just come to an impasse where you say, Frank, there is real realms of you know these objective laws of logic, and there's real realm of uh, good and evil, and you just say no. In my opinion, it can all be explained as as a subjective, because ultimately, well, I believe in objective moral good and evil, because for me, I see that as bit like i see racism is wrong is the same as one plus one equals two that that but you say no that that racism doesn't well, exist when humans don't I, exist i agree with you that i see it as the same to yeah. me they are both as instinctual yeah um, but that one plus one equals two uh is again it's a mathematical language but if you're talking in the se- in the literal mm. sense mm. that one thing and another thing equals two things and yes that is objectively true but to say that racism is wrong although it feels just as instinctively mm. true it doesn't have the same objective say, grounding say in Say you were living reality. a few hundred years ago in the American mm. South and maybe racism is kind of just part of the culture. That's the accepted way of things, um, at least within the, the white population, let's say. Would, because that's the generally accepted de facto, you know, way of people thinking about it, would that mean racism is okay in that culture? Because that's... Well, it's a difficult question. I would say, I would say no. If you dropped me in that culture, I would say no. But if you had grown up in that culture, you'd probably say yes, because it's subjective. You'd put, you, you might find people who would argue that it is, and it is a subjective opinion. But I think now, because we have, it's not just a case that we've, we've, uh, we've developed um, our understanding of morality. We've made it better. We now we but now have. Aren't a, you just you're dropping yeah. in a a moral, a, a moral claim yeah. there? You've said it is better, which suggests it's traveling again, towards when, something. But again, when I say better, an objective I'm, standard. When it's, I, I do admit I'm making yeah. the assumption that uh, we are striving for uh, human prosperity, which is an absolute assumption that that isn't objectively good, but uh, it's instilled with us within evolution. I can't explain why this thing is good, but it it just. When I say good, I don't it's mean... Your, at the end of I don't it, it's mean, still just your preference. When I say good, you to good and evil, the words we use for me are just emotional translations of the words mm. beneficial and detrimental. I like what Louise Anthony said in her debate with William Lane Craig. Uh, Louise Anthony is an atheist, but she admitted something about morality and atheism that I think is very insightful. Here's what she said. This is her quote. She said, any argument for moral skepticism will be based upon premises which are less obvious than the existence of objective moral values themselves. In other words, here she is as an atheist saying, I have this sense of moral obligation that is so strong that any argument you give me for atheism or moral subjectivism will be based on the weaker premises than just the sense that I have that objective moral values and obligations exist. So that was my question originally to you, Alex, is why would you deny the strongest belief that you have intuitively and adopt a weaker belief in atheism or agnosticism. Well, I don't deny it because I don't deny, um, like I say, as long as, I'm a, as long as I do have certain assumptions and I admit that there are, are, are assumptions, I can say that I have an objective sense that these things are wrong mm-hmm. on the assumption that I'm aiming for human prosperity. Right, but you already pointed out that Sam Harris is begging the question on that. Mm. That is his, human flourishing. 
And, and that's a conflation of epistemology and ontology. And as you pointed out, rightfully so, and 18 years old, he's already figured this mm. out, which I, I didn't know this is 18, mm. that Sam Harris is confusing epistemology and ontology. He's assuming what yes. he's trying to prove. But the, you, prob- the problem with Sam Harris's argument is he's going in there trying to show that certain things are right or wrong uh, based on science. What I'm trying to do is say why people experience things as right or wrong based on science, which can be done. So I can say the reason that I feel that this is right and wrong is because of this. What I can't say is that this is right or wrong right. because of this. I, I mean, does this mean, is it a problem for you then, um, telling people what they ought to do? Because there's a sense in which, you know, if you see a society being racist or treating mm-hmm. women unequally or whatever it might or be. Or Catholic priests abusing yeah. children like mm-hmm. you do on do your you, website, you say that's wrong. For me, the problem has always been, for, for the, the atheist who denies objective morality, is what right do you have to tell someone else because they're just acting according to sure. their subjective preference. Well, the, the subjective preferences I find in these cases we often agree. So, for instance, if I if I meet a, a member of the, the Ku Klux Klan, um, we can find common ground in the sense that I might say, okay. So why is this wrong? Why is that wrong? Why? 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 Until we get to the final point and they say, well, I think um, that it's because uh, my worldview is better for better for humanity. And I say, well, hang on, so do I. I think my worldview is better for, mm. for humanity. So let's go on the assumption that what we want is to get what's best for humanity. And here's how I think my worldview leads to that. So even people... Um, but if they say, but I don't believe black people are human, what what do you say to so, that? Well, that's the thing. Then the discussion yeah. doesn't... Beca- then, then, then the discussion becomes trying to prove how they are. Right. It, 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 you sort of remove the, the need for a basis once you find out what the basis of their uh, beliefs are. Once you find that common ground, for instance, right. me and you agree, uh, you and I uh, agree that, for instance, we, we I assume that we would agree that human flourishing is a good thing. Oh, sure. But you would you would say that that's because um, you have that in you because of God. I say that I have that in me because of it's evolution. not just because it's in me, but because there's an objective standard of goodness sure. outside of ourselves. Absolutely and fine. so when you say that we can agree that we want to have a better society, as Justin pointed out earlier, you're implying a best. Because in order to say something's better or worse, you have to imply a best. Well, what is that best? What is the ontological grounding of that well, best? Well, not necessarily. You don't have to have. Um, this was, this reminds me of um, one of uh, Thomas Aquinas' famous five ways, the degrees of perfection. Mm-hmm. There, there doesn't need to be an absolute perfection to mm-hmm. have an idea of something which is more perfect than something else. And to your, to your uh, reference of C.S. No, Lewis... No, I, I think there would have to be a standard of perfection or standard that you're aiming for to say you're getting closer to that standard or further away, better or worse. It's like your your reference to C.S. Lewis. Uh-huh. Um, you can't know a crooked line without right. having some idea of straight. I don't think that's true. For instance, think of it this way. Why is way. it not true? It's not a case. If you're talking about good and evil, mm-hmm. um, you don't need evil to know good. If you think about, say you have a flat plane. You're absolutely right about that. Think about you have a flat plane. You don't need evil to know good. I agree with you. So, you need good to know evil, though. Uh, I don't think so either. If you have a flat plane, you can you can see uh, uh, like a hill, like a, an indentation on that flat plane. Now, the rest of that plane is not a valley. You don't need the valley to understand the hill. You just need the hill in comparison to what is neutral. So you can have evil compared to what is neutral. You can have good compared to what is neutral. What you would, don't need the two extremes. What would be your definition of evil? My definition of mm-hmm. evil? Well, that's, that's a very broad thing. But if you're asking me, again, subjectively... Um, Anything, I would say, that uh, unwarrantedly elicits human suffering or animal suffering to an extent. Okay, so that would imply that it's the opposite of human flourishing. So it's very difficult to define evil without reference to good. Not necessarily. It may be the opposite of human uh, flourishing, but uh it's also just the absence of... um, Of good. Of no, no suffering. Not necessarily good, but no evil. 
Okay, I but... don't know. I, I don't know if I'm getting my point across very well. I, I... No, I, I think you're both doing a great job at representing your different sides. I, I guess the the thing that I'm really interested in pulling out there, just to bring us back to that racism example, is, uh, oh, can you sort of say that race? You, would you say racism is, has always been wrong? Was wrong in every culture, time, and place where it was practiced in the past? I would or can say, you not actually say that well, if you're I, a subjective? I would say if we're assuming that uh, human prosperity is a good thing, and by good we mean best for human uh, prosperity, then yes, racism has always been wrong. Yes, right, but only but, on that assumption. Yes, which of is course, an assumption for, we, for the racist, which, which they, is an they, assumption we all share. Maybe not yeah, the racist. Yeah. In fact, no, no, no the, the racist does uh, share the assumption that that. Uh, humanity, uh, human prosperity is a good thing. They may not. They may think my yeah, my own perhaps, prosperity perhaps is the best not. thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I want to live a selfish life that you know disregards this other people's true, but, preferences. This uh, is true. But if we if we did have a racist, who, but the um, problem is, how do you? Again, all I'm saying is, and I think you're you're agreeing with me, is is simply that there's no objective way of sorting between these different preferences people harsh... have. There's no actual sort of thing that says yes. this is the correct way we should all be um, you know uh, wanting this human flourishing it's a harsh reality I don't it, like it, there's no it, way of it, grounding it can that. make me uncomfortable the idea that there mm. is no objective um, in, as far as I'm concerned and no so do you understand to... Frank's view here which is he sees that as such an obvious thing mm. that you would have to the the the, the premises to, against that, if you like, would have to be much, much stronger than they are no, to, to take I, away I his instinctive entirely. view that this is really actually an objective reality. I understand I'm, entirely. I'm think, about, think about hunger. Mm. Hunger is within, within all of us. Yeah. And it is such a strong thing. Mm. We like If, if somebody is, is dying of starvation, that is all they care about. It is within them. But it's still a process of evolution. It's still a subjective mm. psychological mm. experience. It's not some kind of hang, transcendental. Hang, hang on, Let me just ask you a question about that, because as Justin pointed out in his interview with um, Richard Dawkins a number of years ago, which is, by the way, in the new book, unbelievable. <laughs> I, I don't need uh, a publicist when I've got Frank in the studio. It's a great, it's it's a great. great book. Justin rightfully said, "Well, you tell the story, Justin, about how, how well, you you, yeah, you said yeah. he was stepping I, I, outside I, of the evolutionary process." I, I kind process. of had this interesting conversation in my very first encounter with Richard Dawkins, and and I asked him um, why, you know, whether if if all our morality is essentially a product of uh, undirected evolution, whether he can really say that rape is wrong. And he says, "Well, I I I do believe rape is wrong. Now that may be a product of my evolutionary past, but that's a value judgment I'm going to make." And I said, "But how do you?" make that value judgment you have to step outside of this evolutionary mm-hmm. process to mm-hmm. say that's wrong and he said well maybe but it doesn't show that anything supernatural exists and i said but as far as you're concerned the fact that we've believed rape is wrong is as arbitrary as the fact we've evolved five fingers rather than six and he said yeah yes. basically and and i i agree on naturalism that is true mm. but most people recoil at that idea yes. that that our morality is essentially arbitrary, yes. but in the same sense, this is what frustrates me about mm. atheists a lot: is they'll do the same thing but the opposite. They'll look okay. at God and they'll think of the evil. They'll listen to Hitchens talk about some celestial uh, North Korea, and, and they'll recoil yeah. at that and they'll say that's a horrible thing. I yeah. can't imagine that reality. But I'm sorry, just because you don't like a reality doesn't make it not real. And so, if there are objective, re- if there are are no objective uh, morals, then unfortunately, what Joseph Stalin did in U.S. in the USSR was not objectively wrong. But that's not a shocking thing to say if we're under the assumption that nothing is objectively Do wrong. Do you understand then why for many people the moral argument is so powerful? Absolutely. Because, because they cannot get themselves to a point of view where those kinds of acts are sure. only really 
about people's preferences. But I, I don't think that's what Frank is necessarily doing because I think you're right that a lot of people do mm. just recoil yeah. in horror at yeah. the idea of, of there being no objective standard. But I don't think that's what you're doing. I, I wouldn't. I'd say that you're you're being cleverer than that. You're, you're understanding that yes, this is a bad idea. But more than that, you're saying that there's some way to prove um, that there is an objective reality, right. not I, just because you don't like it. Yeah, I want to get beyond that, or maybe I should say underneath that, going back to Justin's point, and, and it's this. If you say this is all the result of evolution, hmm. you have to get outside the evolutionary process to believe that thought is true. Because if that thought is a result of the evolutionary process as well, why believe it? But again, it's it's existentialism. We have to have certain assumptions. Well, I, what I'm saying, this isn't just an assumption. This is what we would call a properly basic belief. It's not just an assumption that I believe that torturing babies for fun is wrong. I think that's really true. It's not not my assumption. Well, in I would say that, for instance, my belief that torturing babies is wrong is also a belief, but that's a belief based on the assumption that human flourishing is a good thing. We're going to go to a break, guys, and okay. we'll, we'll come back okay. to this. Fascinating stuff today. Um, and uh, I hope it doesn't sound too much like it's two against one in, in this one, Alex. Um, not at all. But it's one where I've... I, I, I've always found the, the moral argument a fascinating one because it does... Likewise. Whereas, I guess, cosmological arguments, they're about what's out there. I think this is very much about what's in right. here, yes. in the, our personal response to evil and, yes. and good and so on. But anyway, great stuff. Um, does evil show that God exists is the debate today. Frank Turek and Alex O'Connor joining me in studio. Come back again in a few moments' time and we'll conclude today's discussion. I mean, let's maybe just in the, the final minutes we have here, gentlemen, talk about um, one other issue you raised in your original video, Alex. Morality often is blurred, you say, you know, you raise examples of uh, abortion and sexuality. Uh, these tend to be, though, questions involve a, involving humans and whether things bring harm or good along to them. And there, for you, that showed you that ultimately the morality is human-centric. It's subjective in that sense. This, this is my burden of proof. Yeah. This is what, what I'm saying by it is simply that... Um, my, my my argument in general is to say that, uh, again, I'm not explaining necessarily why things are right or wrong, but, mm -hmm. but why we experience them as such. And um, certain places where we find moral ambiguity, uh, ambiguity is, uh, such as issues like abortion, like you say, the problem with, if you ask me, isn't we're not deciding here, is it okay to kill a human life or not? Mm -hmm. the, the, the abortion debate is surrounded around, is that a human life or not if yeah. it is and it's wrong to kill it um, and to me that's based upon the assumption of human human flourishing which again I think is instilled yeah. by evolution so it seems to me that this assumption of human flour uh, flourishing that can be perfectly well explained through evolution uh, through the evolutionary process uh, seems to be a very compelling grounding mm. for the experience of morality especially when you consider things such as um, these moral ambiguities where they are based upon whether or not we're harming life or not Mm. Same thing with animals. Yeah, I, I, again, I'd, I'd like to uh, just reiterate that if the evolutionary process gives us our moral ideas, it also gives us all of our ideas, so why should we believe any of them? But secondly, not every issue needs to be crystal clear on morality for God to exist. You know, scientists disagree over aspects of the objective world, sure. but that doesn't mean there isn't an objective world. That's a difference between, again, epistemology and ontology. We all agree there's an objective world, we may not agree on certain aspects of that objective world in science. This is the, mm. the, the very kind of conversation. I had a bit of a Twitter spat last week with, uh -huh. with an atheist. We were talking about objective morality. And one of the things he said was the fact that people disagree about morality means that it is subjective. Yeah, and, see, I don't and buy into that. So you don't buy into no, that? No, not you, at all. Because yeah. that's I, often the, the assumption. Very, if we disagree about something, it must be subjective. It's, it's silly. I'm, uh, it, 
it can be confused. I'm not trying to say that because we disagree on things, uh, because people disagree on things like sexuality and abortion, therefore morality must be subjective. Yeah. What I'm saying is that uh, if you want to, if you are trying to propose uh, the view that morality can be explained through evolution, this is bolstered by the fact that the certain things that we do have moral ambiguities on seem to align with that. We're not, we don't discuss uh, whether or not murder is right or wrong because, and to me, the reason for that is because of the fact that it involves human flourishing, human uh, survival. Mm. If something, if the question is, will this act cause humans to suffer? Will this act cause a human to die in the instance of abortion? That's why that moral uh, that moral ambiguity mm. exists. Mm. And so to me, the, the point is basically that this, uh, this is evidence of an evolutionary basis for morality. Well, no, I would say, as you mentioned earlier, on abortion, if it is a human being, you don't kill it. That's not that's not mysterious at all. The only question is, is it a human being? And I think scientifically we can show it as a human being. People just don't like that. I think many a times the reason people disagree on morality is not because they don't know the right thing to do. They just don't want to do it. In fact, there are some on the other side of the pond in my country who are saying now, yeah, we know it's a, it's, it's a human being, but that's okay. We, we, we get to kill it anyway. There are even those who have proposed infanticide. You know, mm -hmm. Peter Singer Peter has, Singer, has yes. made the case that because a newborn baby doesn't have any of the faculties that we develop as we go on in terms of our mental abilities and so on. They shouldn't be counted necessarily as having the same kind of rights for personhood that, you know, a three-year-old would have right, to say. Right. Now, that's obviously, again, he's just shifted the, the issue into, like, not whether we're human or not, but whether we have this, quote-unquote, personhood mm. issue. Yeah, this is... This is, I mean, I, it's, it's I think incredibly is, is perhaps yeah, murky, one of isn't it? one of the one of the issues perhaps with proposing objective uh, morality because what what we're saying with something like this there there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Mm. For instance, when we talk about hunger earlier being a natural instinctive thing within us, there are people who are anorexic, there are people who are mm. obese. Yeah. Um, there are exceptions, but that doesn't mean that evolution can't explain how we experience morality. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that these things are right or wrong. Yeah. This is the thing mm. I think we're disagreeing mm. on. I'm not saying. Uh, because of evolution, killing a human is wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that because of evolution, the reason that we don't want to kill humans can be explained. But but do you see, or maybe I'm not explaining myself clearly, Alex, do you see that if evolution has given you your moral beliefs, it's given you all yes. of your beliefs, including the idea that evolution has given your moral beliefs, so why should you believe it? It's either random on evolution or it's designed but, so I mean, is if, that... if it's designed, you can trust it. If it's random, you can't. So, again, if all your thoughts are the result of the laws of physics, why should you believe any of well, them? Well, I might be talking out of my hind here, but is is that not similar to saying, um, well, the reason that you you're saying the reason I got from evolution, I also got everything else from evolution, mm -hmm. so why should I trust it? Right. Well, the reason that you got from God, you also got everything else from God, so why should you trust God? Well, because God has given us the rational ability to uh, to make reasonable claims or discover truth about sure. reality. Hasn't evolution given me the rational ability to uncover truths about reality as well? What's no, the difference? Because our minds are trustworthy if they're made in the image of the great mind. Why would they be trustworthy if they're a product of random forces? Well, over how which how we do you know it's a great mind unless the great mind has instilled that reason within because, you to reason that it is a great because mind? Because I'm, I'm going from effect to cause. Right. If I have you, By a, using reason. Yes, the by reason using that reason. God gave you. So you're using the reason that God gave you to prove the reason that of God. That God is the ontological foundation of the laws of logic, which allows us then to discover truths about reality. What I'm saying is that you seem to be doing the same thing as I am. You're saying God is giving you this reason. 
to reason that God is the most reasonable being. God has given us the tools of reason, which are mm -hmm. objective, they're immaterial, and he's given us the free will to either uh, follow him or reject him based upon what we learn about reality and whether or not we want to follow I him mean, or as, reject him. I mean, as I understand Frank's argument, it, it's, it's again, it's one of those, what's the best explanation? We both acknowledge we, we are completely dependent on these laws of logic, this re mm -hmm. rational capacity we all have. Is it, it does it, is that, can we um, explain such a thing on a naturalistic worldview or, or is it better explained on a theistic worldview? And obviously Frank's view is, yes, it makes sense that we would be able to trust our rational abilities if there is a rational mind behind the universe. I think, I think Whereas it's think in a non-rational universe, a non-rational process by which we came to be, there's no fundamental reason to assume that we are aimed at knowing right from wrong, truth and sure. falsity. But you do have on. to make certain assumptions. Yeah. Like, the, mm. like, it does frustrate me that I will never know if I exist. Yeah. That gets on my nerves. I have to tell <laughs> who's, who's asking it the really question? Does. It really gets on my who's nerves. Who's wondering, Alex? This, this, this sort of stuff really gets on my nerves. But they are just unanswerable. Uh, gets on whose nerves? What do you mean? <laughs> well, precisely. But these, these are just sort of pedantic little things that gnaw away right. your mind. I don't mm. think they're and pedantic. Something, something like reason. Uh-huh. I, I, I submit that, okay, you could make the argument that if reason comes from evolution, how can we use that to then reason about evolution? Sure, but I'm saying, is that not the same thing with God? No, because God is a rational creature, or not a creature, he's the, he's the ground of rationality, Says who, who gives rational, because we're reasoning from our rationality right, but back using to the, the reason that came from where? Well, of course, his ontological nature is given us these laws of logic to discover truth. How do you know that? Through reason. Right. There's you can't defend reason by reason because that would be circular. Precisely. Right. But, but what we're saying is once we have reason, what better grounds it? Uh, naturalism, which which couldn't explain the laws of logic to begin with, or a mind mm -hmm. whose very essence grounds these laws. What you're saying, what you've just said is you said, OK, so we assume that reason exists. What's the best grounding? When I give you grounding, you then say, but how do you know that reason even exists? How, how can you say that reason exists if it's just a process? Because of So I could put the same thing to you. I could say, mm -hmm. if reason does exist, what's mm -hmm. the best grounding? And you mm -hmm. say God. And then I could say the same thing and say, well, if you're getting that reason from God, how can you use that reason to then prove God? Because that's how you prove anything. Right. That's, that's, okay. how, you, that's so how you prove evolution. Again, again, no, 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 no. Because in evolution, everything is predetermined. There is no free will. We're it's just the, the same. We're just the results of the laws of physics. No, not everything. God, God is omniscient. He knows the future. He How knows can there be free will because knowing the future doesn't mean he's causing it to occur. Well, is he not causing it to occur? Has he's he, has he, he, he's is the he primary not the cause. cause. Now, now we're getting to predestination <laughs> evolution. I don't know if we're predestined yeah, to get to this point. That's another show we'll have to mm. come yeah, back. No, no, no. I'm not a five point Calvinist. If that's what but, you're but saying, but let's let's leave it there for a moment. We've we've before we open up too many more big topics. I think um, we'll have to agree to disagree. We, uh, <laughs> as we often do on this show, as we often do. Uh, look, guys, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, it's today. a great like yeah. Thank you so yes. much. And you you are a gracious um, combatant, Alex. Thank you for coming in again to do that, mm -hmm. Frank. Thank you. Uh, great, great stuff from you as well. Um, uh, if uh, people want to find out more about you, crossexamine.org mm -hmm. for Frank and, of course, the book, Stealing from God. Alex O'Connor, he can be found as Cosmic Skeptic with a K on the YouTube channel he runs. And, um, hey, I think this will turn into a video as well at some point as well, won't uh, it? Perhaps, yes, I, I'd like to think so. Great. Well, thank you both for being with me thank you. Thanks, on the show today. Really great Thanks, to have Alex. you on. I uh, look forward to maybe getting you guys together again at some point in the future. But for the moment, if you want to get in touch, we'll be giving you the ways to do that again in a moment's time here on the show that brings Christians and non-Christians together. And we'll be hearing some of your feedback to recent programmes. Great. Thanks, guys. Um, we're all done. Way to go, man.